Did you play very much Xbox Live Arcade in its heyday? Like, did you, is, um, were you partying on the Xbox Live Arcade a bunch? Yeah, yeah. I, I played some Xbox Live Arcade stuff. I really liked Geometry Wars. Yes. Uh, I played a lot of Cash, Castle Crashers. Yeah. Um, I played, what was it called? Shadow Complex? Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? Yeah, that's what was it's that called. an Xbox Live Arcade game? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think so. It's at least an indie an indie game. I played Death Spank. That's a game we got to bring on this show. Death Spank really? is weird. What is Death Spank? Death Spank is, it's, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's some, it's some Day of the Tentacles people. It's some, it's some weird stuff. Uh, what's that and guy? Ron Gilbert. Game? It's some Ron Gilbert stuff. Oh yeah, I still have it. I'm looking at my Xbox right here in front of me and I know for a fact Death Spank is on that. I could play Death Spank right this second Hunter, but I won't. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I won't. I, 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 so, okay, here's what I did. Are you ready? I'm going to admit to mm-hmm. a crime. I'm going to admit to a crime for you. Okay. I uh, found a way to get a bunch of Xbox Live arcades for cheaper, not free, but cheaper than I otherwise would have been able to get to them. But in order to do so, when I want to play those games, I have to switch between many different Xbox Live accounts <laughs> to play them. Like each, oh. each account has a handful of games on it. So when I go onto my Xbox, there's all these strangely named accounts, and then I can go and play this big live. Like I, I downloaded or whatever. You, I got a bunch of Xbox Live arcade games, and I played almost all of them to completion. I would say this was my heyday of because it was like college, basically. This was my heyday mm-hmm. of just like. I'll grab and play anything. I'll just try what, a What's game. the grift? Tell me what the grift is. It was How like an eBay thing. It was like some code scammers. It was people who, I don't know. And oh. so they sold those for a profit. I, I, I contributed to a nefarious system uh, that was not, uh, you know. The it, people were selling access to their Xbox Live accounts. accounts. Yeah, but not even that. I mean, they were fake on. accounts. All the accounts have like a string of letters as the name. And it's because right. they were somehow finding a way to hack these things and pirate these games or whatever. It was bad. It was a bad That's thing. Awesome. And I was like 19, so uh, not wow. not young enough to justify it. Like just you stupid are and, and shitty. Bad, <laughs> naughty, bad, no good. Stealing games? Yeah. Matthew? Hey. On this show? Well, we hey. do not speak we... of the stealing of games. I, I won't stand behind stealing from like indie developers just barely getting their games onto Xbox Live Arcade. I do feel bad about it. I I think I was in the wrong. You were in the wrong, and we are now all shaming you, Matt. Matt, you are shamed. Oh, hang on. There's someone at my door. Oh, my goodness. It's the police. Oh, no. And he's... Oh, they're... I can see... They're carrying him away. He's being carried away, and the the police are wearing masks. (laughs) And Matt appears to be a small boy. Oh, but no, but now Matt is becoming very blobular. Oh, interesting. Oh, today we're talking about inside. Let's go! Welcome to the Old Gamers Almanac. Hi, how's it going? This is the definitive ranking of all video games of all time, one week 
at a time. Hello, I am your lead actor, front running, big time showboy. It's me, Matt Martins, and I'm joined with host and big old bag of chips. It's Hunter Donaldson. Hey, it's Hunter Donaldson on base today. <laughs> That's your. You can play one note on your bass guitar. <laughs> Uh, today we are talking about a little indie darling known as Inside. You always gotta say it's an indie darling. Indie darling. I love every my indie darling. It's an indie darling. You're gonna love my every bit. time. You're gonna love my bit later in this episode. But this is from 2016. It was released. So uh, uh-huh. not that long ago. Just a handful of years. Not that long ago. Uh, released by Play Dead Games, who the only other game under their uh, banner is a game known as Limbo that I got on the Xbox Live Arcade nefariously. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and and he talked a lot about it, y'all, when it came out. He was talking about Limbo all year. I liked Limbo a so lot. You know. That's actually yep. true. Yeah, I, did. I, I liked Limbo a lot. And uh, Inside is kind of the kind of the same game kind of the same game but huh? uh different uh, a d- different enough art style and a different a, a good enough increase in their accessible technology like what playdead was able to accomplish so if anything Def- inside definitely an evolution an evolution the, i i would yeah. say if i think you should play both games uh but i will say if you only care to play one you should just play inside inside is the evolution inside. and you don't need to play limbo limbo has been retired by yeah, inside in exactly. my opinion oh so, <laughs> yeah you don't have, you don't have to play it uh but. this is a played it as a danish developer and uh i don't know it's so it's this it's this dark just little platforming game it's a platformer a very very basic platformer you mm-hmm. run you mm-hmm. jump you, you you can grab some things. You do you are able to grab uh-huh. some objects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and every once in a while you can stick your head in a little machine and control dead bodies. So that's inside. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> uh it's that. Uh, it's, it's a dark game. It's a very dark game. It's a dark game set in a dark world where this little boy is uh you begin in the woods, although it's it doesn't only feature the woods. You're running through sort of a dystopian world. You are on the run. You have, I guess, escaped, I guess. Um, And you're being, there's many uh, sections where you're being chased by adults wearing masks Uh uh, that they sort of behave like the police. Uh, There are dogs that chase you at times. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's very scary. Uh, It's very, uh, like, the atmosphere is heavy. Yes. Uh, this This is a... This is a dark game. Here's my pitch for it. Mechanically, there's almost nothing here, right? This this mechanically is not a rich game. This is the game that is, uh, I wouldn't even say it's fun to play, but it is fun to experience. It is a it is a platformer that is all atmosphere. It is it's like carrying. A pu- it's you. a puzzle platformer. Yeah. where they would never we they would never ever want you to uh really get stuck on anything right they want you to get through this game effortlessly right or well not effortlessly but with i would say minimal effort yes yeah yeah any puzzles in it you solve relatively quickly i think there's a couple in there that are like a bit more obtuse than others but generally they're they're not hard puzzles at all it's never difficult platforming i mean it's it's very basic jumps but here's what limbo does do in its atmospheric design it's more about uh 
seeing them tell this story and you get to sort of control it. And and this goes a lot deeper and later we'll get into spoiler territory, but to start with, I'll avoid spoilers. So if you if you really want to play this game, first off, it's not long. You can play it in one sitting and you should do yeah. that. So Very like, quick. feel free to go and do that. But and, until you do, uh, I can summarize sort of the vibe of this game in the first kind of moment that might get you and it's barely a puzzle but you're running through the woods and you come across people with flashlights and you don't even know what's going on yet but as you run up you see your boy hunker down a little bit you just see him do that and you're like oh he oh this little kid doesn't seem to like those people he seems to be hiding from them Uh, Mm -hmm. and if you pay attention to the body language of your character it's always changing and reacting to the environment regardless of if you know what you should be reacting to Right. You'll see. He's very expressive. Yeah. So you start running and then, I mean, what will happen is someone starts chasing you and he starts looking behind him and he's still running. But like the game is dynamically kind of building these moments of the character reacting to the environment. And that helps you feel the impact of I would push back on one word that Uh you just used. I would push back on the word dynamic. Dynamic, Yeah, it is not dynamic. (laughs) In fact, it repeats very much the same the same way it's very this game is very cinematic yes to the point where i would almost say it's a bit of a weakness it's it's the game scripted, is as cinematic basically. as yeah it, it feels when you mess up in this game it makes the game feel kind of dumb uh-huh. because it's such the moments are so loaded we're talking about very specifically like the chase moments yeah there's a lot of atmosphere in this game that is not affected by i think this type of thing but it, it it's just like You'll be being chased, you'll mess up, and then the moment and then you'll reset checkpoint wise, and then the moment plays out just the same way. But you kind of feel you feel really bad when you mess yeah. up on the chase stuff, I find. Because it's like if you didn't mess up, the 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 moment the was- cinematic aspect of it would just carry through and not yeah, be interrupted at exactly. all. Ideally, you would never mess up right. in inside. You right. would play it, it'll all go down smooth, and you would finish it in all of its uh cinematic atmosphere would hit perfectly but when you mess up you just kind of ruin the atmosphere for a second uh, it, that and happens, the moment resets that in happens in way. two ways the, the, yeah the the first way is the main way hunter is describing which is like once you reset it's like well i already know what happens and now i watch them do that it's like watching the actors it's like if you went to a live taping of saturday night live and they messed up so bad they had to restart the sketch and you had to watch the beginning of the sketch again and watch all the jokes again and it's like okay mm-hmm. well the jokes aren't gonna hit the second time because i've seen the jokes before yeah um, right so that can happen but the other way that the atmosphere is ruined is you have to watch your little boy get brutally and savagely oh murdered God. every single time you die it is the most relentlessly intense depressing he gets so killed it's like so why killed. does he get so killed <laughs> like he doesn't if you mess up it's not just like Oh, you goofed up. Let's yeah. reset. It's you fall like down a pit. watch the dog chew on his face. Yeah. Yeah. For a Rip moment. Your throat Sorry, that out. was very graphic. Listener. I know. Sorry. It's, I just threw that out at you. You might it, be listening to this in the morning. Um that it yeah. You, what you happens, watch though? you watch adult people like murder this child many yeah. times throughout this game. Yeah. And it's it it adds I mean, it's obviously it's intentional. shocking. The They've, first time it happens, it shocks yes. you so so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that leads to your desire to never let that happen again. So in that way, it somewhat contributes, except for when it happens over and over again, and you just keep watching this kid get murdered a bunch of times in a row, it stops really being fun and starts just being this other emotion that I don't know it how to explain. It would create a lot of tension, I think. And I'm and when the dogs chase you, you're certainly freaking out. Oh, yeah. But 
one problem I, I maybe have with the these these chase sections is that we have this brutal fail state stuff. Yeah. And it makes me be like, oh, I don't want, I don't want to see that again. Yeah. I never want to see that again. <laughs> this game has traumatized me now. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is that the game is very simple. I mean, mo most solutions to puzzles are jump or just yeah. run away and continue running. And because of that simplicity, I feel like the tension can never really mount because I always sort of know whatever the solution is to my current problem is going to be very basic and very straightforward. Yeah. Um, and if I mess up, it's always just a, a little goof up where I have to watch this very punishing thing, and then and yeah. th and then I go back. If the game maybe had more complicated moments like this, mm -hmm. I feel like the tension maybe it would even be too much. I I don't know. Um, but like I I kind of wanted the tension to always mount a little more than it did, or or crescendo in a way. Uh huh. And I felt like it never really found a moment for that. Yeah. And and honestly, after the kind of first section of the game, the chase segments kind of go away yeah and i actually think the game gets better without the chase stuff i think the chase stuff is a little bit one trick pony yeah. although there's one very good puzzle involving the dogs and you yeah. going over a, over a gate a over a gate well, over and over which and i think is pretty good but not to get into spoilers yet i'm not but i do think the feeling of the chase in the beginning is in part what contributes to the power of the ending <laughs> and what you get in return a little bit there's there's a there's an aspect to this ending of the game where you get to invert the chasing and uh i think it's very satisfying to sort of turn turn the script on to the other characters in the game basically i'll talk about how i feel about the ending whenever we get into spoilers yes, but sure. i feel a little bit differently yeah um i would say i think at this point that it it is a puzzle platformer which is, uh, I think, a, a hyper-specific genre and a very difficult one mm -hmm. at that. Um, it's hard to make puzzle platformers, I think, mostly because they can come off very, very video gamey. Yeah. Because what is a puzzle platformer? It's you walking into a situation where there's a simple solution. Or if it's not simple, then it's, you know, it, it's, it's a puzzle. Yeah. You know? And Inside's world... Is like a real place right it has like real place atmosphere and i think that the fact that it's a puzzle platformer sort of undermines yeah. the reality that it's trying to build right. think about other puzzle platformers like there's just a platform uh, floating in the sky with no nothing holding it i mean many men like, yeah um, uh, even a super mario or a braid or whatever things just or, exist for you to jump yeah. on and bounce around on there is no reality to it it's it's creating very an art style but it is purely game it is not creating an environment whereas inside is like shrugging that all off and saying uh, the platforming will only serve like the actual environment that you are in it's it's like if you i mean i don't know you take the lost vikings yeah. and you're like we're gonna add some atmosphere we're gonna ground this in yeah. like a, a a world for a story to take place in or like i don't know like portal portal just like like makes up yeah okay we're doing these tests right you know right like that's why the world is, is set game, up in this gaming world yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the game world is a game inside doesn't do that which i think creates a little bit of like tension yeah that I would say is kind of taking away from I feel like what the game could be. I almost feel like the game should be. I don't know. I, it, it's 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 caught in this like weird in between state where there's a lot I like about it and there's a lot that kind of passes me by mm -hmm. and doesn't make me feel that much. the 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 world that this game takes place in 
I think is really, really interesting. And there's a lot of really yeah. good cinematic moments. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know how often I felt like as someone playing a game uh, that I felt very satisfied in a playing a game That's kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think of this game. I, I, I clearly can see now I like this game quite a bit more than you do. Um, yes. You've got, you've got your, not even gripes with it. You've got your things that it just falls short of. For me, this game is a better uh, attempt at the sort of idea Bioshock wanted to express. And I, and I feel like Inside does a better job of pulling this little hook where Bioshock is like, you're playing this character. Actually, you're telling this, you're complicit in all of these things that are happening. And I sure. think Inside is trying to convey that same idea of you, the player, you were involved in this, but were you? Because we forced you to do this, but you played it, but you, and it, it I think no matter what, that idea is has a limitedness to it that is like shallow and, and can only go so far. Like you can only do so much with the like, you're playing, but you're not the player, but you are. And I think inside is like a good little short, like I would rather play inside to get that feeling rather than like the three times, four times as long Bioshock that doesn't do anything more with the, the theory. I think the text of the game is more interesting than the game. Uh -huh. I would give it that. Yeah. And I definitely easily would grant it it's far more interesting than Bioshock, yeah. and I like it better than Bioshock. But Matt, I don't like Bioshock. I, well, so yeah, that's, sure, <laughs> that's easy to do. No, yeah, I understand. That's easy, but but I'm just saying from it. Yeah, I I think the thinking about the game is is in supposed to be more interesting than the actual playing of it. You play it, and then you go, hmm, well, this is mm -hmm. what an interesting thing I played, and it, it kind of you know it's a little indie art piece thing. It wants you to crunch on it, and then sort of move on with your life. I mean, I'm looking at the inside Wikipedia and there's a whole section here that is the theories of what the game is about, you know? And and that that sort of thing only exists in this kind of context where it's like the game is about more than it is uh just the actual playing of it. It's like the opposite of last week's episode of Panzer Dragoon. Panzer Dragoon was like, eh, it's kind of about some stuff. Who cares? It's very fun to play. And right, this is right. the antithesis of that. Like, it's like, yeah, we have some mechanics here, but it's about some things. And let's see if you can explore all of the things that, it's about. What What is it about? Then? Okay. What, 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 let's get into spoilers. Yes, it's time. Te teach me what Inside is about, <laughs> because I did not find it to be about anything that particular, yeah. I would say. Um, I mean, it was about vibe. When yeah. it, 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 in, very interesting vibe. But I don't know that I got a deeper meaning from it. So, Inside is a game where you play as a little boy. This is spoiler territory. From, from now till the end of the We're episode, spoilers. it's spoilers. Yeah. It's going to be spoilers. Yeah. Hi, welcome to Old Gamers Online. Okay. We, you should we, go play we, Inside. It's yeah. very short. You can play it in like two hours. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, this little boy is running from something we kind of start to discover that there's this weird organization going on you begin stumbling upon sort of the uh this like farm eventually you you find yourself in this like weird kind of factory this like post-apocalyptic like you know this some sort of business has taken over everything or something business government whatever it is yeah, and yeah. there's all these people that are basically being mind controlled yes uh, and they're kind of just like thralls. They're not they're not real human beings, but they're being forced, obviously, to do like labor. Right. And you even as the boy get to control them using like helmets right. and you use them to solve puzzles, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So there's there's this whole there's this whole sense of controlling 
bodies. You, the player, are controlling your little boy, but then at times, the boy is controlling a thing. There's even a, a quite good puzzle, uh, I don't know, probably three-fourths of the way through, where you find a second little c control thing, and you find out that you can plug your boy's head into a control thing to control this little zombie guy, walk that zombie guy over to a thing, plug his end head into a thing, and that wakes up a third or a second zombie g guy, and he wakes up, and so now your controls yeah. are controlling the second zombie, and you have to, like, yeah, manipulate yeah. all three of them sort of at once. So you start to detach yourself from the sense of like i am this boy it's like no no no. i'm like i'm controlling these things and the game is about like the control of this government on these people and then the control of these actual zombies themselves there's also this sort of horror element introducing itself where i don't know there's this little girl in the water i don't know what to do about the little girl i don't know where all the little girl contributes to things except for very scary dark thing in the water that will grab and get you uh and at some point hmm. you Get her on your side. That part, I'm a little bit less clear on what to do with it, but it is building up to the sense that these things that are being controlled and have maybe escaped the, the direct captivity are trying to fight back. And the big, big, big twist of the game is you're making your way through. At this point, you've like at some points controlled something like 20 plus bodies at once. Like you just have a horde of of zombies running around with you helping you solve puzzles and you've gotten used to this sort of horde idea and then you are walking past all these scientists you've gotten to like the belly of the beast of this organization and you basically find your way inside this chamber you pull all the plugs off you assume they don't want you to do this but at this point you don't even know why you're taking the actions you're taking you don't it's know just what like, you're doing anything. you're just you're pulling just, plugs the whole time you've just had forward momentum exactly you're just running away so from you're stuff. You, you're just carrying this momentum and then the second you pull like the fourth plug or the third the, the best bit is the idea that there's four plugs and you're like okay i gotta pull the four plugs of this puzzle and when you pull the third plug of the puzzle it rips you inside this orb and mm -hmm. now suddenly you are a part of a blob monster a blob you're just of a, like Flesh, of just flesh, flesh it's, it's apparently called the huddle it's the, the monster oh, okay. is called the huddle and you are yeah you are literally just a big fleshy substance with leg with arms and legs sticking out of it and your control scheme feels a little bit heavier but you're still essentially doing the same thing but now you're crashing through this science facility like literally bursting through walls and like it gets violent too like you're falling on top of scientists you're just trying to and escape crushing yeah. yeah crushing people you you see that uh, you get to a beautiful point where you're horrifying and you see scientists that are just like, we just got to help this thing get the hell out of here. Like, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, There's a guy right. at a door. And if you get too close to him, he runs and hides. He gets scared and runs away. But if yeah. you get away from him, he he opens the door for you. And then if you let him open the door all the way, then you can run past him. He jumps and hides, but you can sneak out the door. It's like right, they right. start helping you, you escape. You got to let him open the door for you, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, because they're all trying to let you out because they're scared. They're like yeah. running from you. They just don't and want to die. it's interesting because it's sort of like you're you've been pretty powerless this whole time and now you feel the the power of yeah. basically being the scary monster after being the little boy right after them terrorizing you this whole time and doing these horrible deaths you get to now horrifically kill all of them i guess is the the morality we're deciding to go with who cares i uh, guess so uh, and then i mean the game ends with you escaping the facility you roll down this hill and you crash and you can't really move anymore and you're just on the edge of this little river and the sun shines on you and you just you're the blob that escaped and sits there and is going to shrivel up and uh i don't know die i guess that's and the game just kind of ends on that note so yeah. that's part of the ending of the game um now there's also there is an alternate ending but i think the alternate ending contributes i've never i've, 
I don't know the alternate ending, by the way. Yeah. So the alternate ending is there's a, there's there's some extra bonus puzzles throughout the game, and they're, most of them are not very hard to find. Basically, at any they're not point, even really puzzles. They're, they're not even puzzles. I, they're just hidden areas. Yeah, they're little yeah. hidden areas. Some of the later ones involve a little micro puzzle to do. Oh right, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that's true. But that's true. You can always find them by seeing these little uh, yellow extension cables running along the ground. And when you see one of those, you go, "Oh, there's a little secret here nearby," and you follow those. And once you do all of them, uh, you you f- you find this contraption, and you can basically turn this thing on and then nothing happens you don't you don't know what's going on uh but what that actually does is if you restart the game very mm-hmm. very early on in the game you can go to this room that earlier would have been inaccessible to you but now that you've turned on all of these orbs you can go inside this room and you can see yourself like on camera like you can you can see that you're being watched by whatever was in this little room it's like a surveillance room and there's a plug on the wall and if you pull that plug out of the wall, your character falls flat like a zombie, just dies, and the game ends. And like you, <laughs> you, you turned off your own controls, and you no longer get to do any of the game and save the blob or do any of that. So that's the Weird. like other story they're telling is like you could have just stopped playing. You could have not done any of this, and none of these things would have happened to anybody, and you just would have turned the game off, I guess. Weird. And that's really sure. I like that. <laughs> like, um, what does that even mean? Yeah. What, what is that saying? It's it is it, it's the it's this idea of like of what player if, agency. I, let me, yeah. Let me a, let me ask you a question. A player agency. Let me ask you a question. If you did what what if you did that first? What if your first you can't get to was, it? You cannot get into that room without having turned on all the orbs. Right, then but, you, oh, and you can't turn them all on on one playthrough? You you play that, you go through the whole game, you turn on every yeah. orb, you get to this final room, you switch this final thing on, and then if you restart the game, it remembers that in a different save state, you finished all of these orbs, and now you can access this thing. So it's Because the other thing that the game oh. does, I mean, what literally happens is as you do the blob thing, the game will just, if you just sit there long enough, it will just reset. Like it fades to black and it fades back up from black and you're just the boy at the beginning again running through the woods. And it's like two minutes after that you can find this room. If it's about player agency, I don't understand why so much of Limbo, or sorry, Inside features the boy being chased. Because like what agency is there in running away from someone that's chasing you? You know what I mean? That's, I mean? that's not really a. That's like that's kind of a false choice, right? Like the whole game is a false choice because you can't actually play the game without having, without playing, without doing the only actions the game will allow you to take. There's only one way forward. I think the blob moment is like the thesis of this. Is like you didn't have a choice to go into that blob, but we shoved you in it because that was the direction this game was going. It is uh, a. It, it has this idea of the narrative is the, the only. Okay, but Matt, you started this by saying this game delivers what Bioshock couldn't, and now you are cornering me. <laughs> and forcing me to say good things about Bioshock. I think if you wanted to make a game about player agency, then having a game where an annoying guy tells you what to do the whole game uh-huh. is probably a more concrete way to address that than what we're talking about but right now. The dumb thing in Bioshock is the stuff where there's all these other things you can do that have nothing to do with the what the game told me to. In Inside, it is pure. There literally is no other thing. You can't get goofy. Like You can't even just like play around in an environment. There's no like physics toys to just play with. The only right. thing that you can do is to solve the puzzle solve and move the puzzle forward. and move forward that's 
it. There's no leveling up systems. There's no adapting right, to things. It's just do exactly what we told you to do. And why it is the does... false dichotomy of player agency. You don't no, have any there's other... there's no dichotomy yes, there. there. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is an environment built yes. to where you can only do one thing Correct. With it. If you want to tell a story about agency, shouldn't the player have any options for what they're going to do? Bioshock no. at least features the horrible, dumb, like, uh, what are they called? The, the like, little sisters. The little sisters thing. I know, thing. you can kill them. So here's the thing. That's what I'm saying, though, is all of those things, all of those fake choices are still things that the designer allowed you to do. And what Inside is doing is saying, we, um, we only gave you one thing to do. We're not giving you false choices because in all games, there is, there is no actual choice. We, there's only the tools we provided you with. You only get to do what we wanted you to do. That's obviously not true across the board. Like there are games that have creative things that the de designers never intended you to do certain things. But mm. this game is saying within the confines of its engine and, and plot and everything, you only get to do what they tell you to do. And the, and the only other option is to turn the game off and not play it. But you, you have to play their narrative. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm not really sure that meant anything to me whatsoever. Yeah, that's but fine. I think, you know, if you want to, I, I would say this. I, I have my own interpretation of it. Yeah. Um, which maybe doesn't, you know, maybe the, I don't know. I don't know what all that was based or, you know. I think it works better as a, just like kind of a tone poem as just like, yeah. don't think about what it means. Cause I don't know that I ever, when I, I didn't do the alternate ending clearly. Right. And I have already said I didn't do it, but without the alternate ending, I don't think any of this actually makes it into the game. I did not ponder my mm -hmm. agency as a player one iota yeah. in, in playing through it. I think it, this alternate ending is probably required and it sounds like it's all hinging on this turn off the game aspect, mm -hmm. which is maybe you making you question what it is you're actually doing in the game. Yeah. However, if you let's say you don't interact with that whatsoever, the tone and the vibe and the feel of this game, like for example, the ending where the blob is just resting, yeah. having like a weird little respite where the light comes in and it zooms out. Those aspects of the game to me are, are a lot stronger yeah. than the game having any meaning or having some sort of subtext to it. Right. I feel like it works better as a vibe. Sure. You know? I, I want to push as back a on that a little without bit. narrative. Yeah. yeah I, I agree with all that. I, I think that is in part also what it is very much about. is about these people who have crafted an environment and a vibe very, very, very well. With all of the things your little character does looking over. But again, like we said earlier, you don't... like. When you fail at one of those things, you just sort of redo it again, and then you sort of see through the facade of what the game. It's like, no, there's just this one. It's just this one thing that the game is asking you to do, and if you didn't figure out how to do it, it's it feels lesser somehow. It feels like the game is like failing its own promise of its vibe because there was just like one exact way this needed to play out, and if you didn't do it right, then you you don't get to have that experience of the vibe carrying through the entire time. I think though. So this is this is definitely not something that only Inside has talked about. Almost oh, for every sure. puzzle platformer has touched on this. Yeah. Portal is about this. Yes. Portal is about player agency because you have an evil robot telling you what to do. I agree. And yeah. I just feel like I just feel like it needed that because I'm because uh, I'm telling you and and you know maybe 
maybe I'm alone. Maybe everyone listening to this is like, Matt's 100% right. Hunter is a dumb boy who just doesn't get this deep, deep game. None of this even sort of came into my mind. And I yeah. feel like that is a weakness. It is. Okay. Of that, course that, it is. None of that, that for a second, I even considered yeah. that this game had anything to say about player agency. Yeah. Because I wouldn't say that any of what you're saying is text in the playthrough of the game not involving the alternate ending. Right. And you should not hide the point of your game in an alternate around going to find a bunch of secrets. Yeah. Like I don't I don't feel like that's like that that's very fair to the player. Right. Extras are extras. I'm not gonna play the off the beaten path yeah. just automatically. I, I would say within the confines of the plot of the game, there is still at least somewhat uh, an, a narrative about player agents, not not you, the the person existing outside of the game, but literally within the mm -hmm. narrative. Like we've said, there is the, the there's a sense of agency as a as a character, whereas in the beginning you have very little agency. You are literally just running, and then yeah. as you get more into the bowels of this thing, you actually have more freedom. You're sort of sneaking around. You're not just being chased until there's like some dog moments, but generally you have like actually some freedom well, to get around. You only have there's only one solution forward. Yes. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but you 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 aren't like being forced forward by the actions of like a character with a flashlight or whatever. Right. You get to take your time. And then by the end, you are in more or less control as the blob. Like, again, you're still being just pushed forward. But yeah. there is a new level of agency within the narrative. You have taken the reins of no longer being threatened. You are the threat trying to get out. Here's what I got. You do take over other characters with the mind thing. Yes. The, the, the thing that you wear. That's all I got. Th that's something. <laughs> there's that's sort of talking hey, about agency. There's, there's arguments about who, if you, if you look into things, like you can see there's senses of like, are the scientists actually like encouraging you to find the huddle there there's interpretations of this that the huddle has been beckoning you the entire time to get into it and and like aspects of the game and part of the art design are what are pulling you towards that and that as though the as though the huddle has been trying to pull you in this entire time what is what in what uh what in the game is that though like what a uh... What happens that is like kind of supporting that, I guess. There's an article on Eurogamer by uh, Jeffrey Matulef, Matt Uleff, uh, and it, it talks about a bunch of different theories about inside. And one of the theory number one is the boy is being controlled by the blob. Uh, we, we spend a few okay. hours sneaking a boy into an ominous factory of horrific experiments with the presumption that he's trying to shut the place down. Only towards the end, he willfully breaks through, a, breaks through a series of locks so he can climb into a tank with an unholy creature that absorbs him and grows powerful enough to escape. Like that moment, like we said earlier, it's inexplicable why you're pulling these things off. You don't know why you're doing it. You're just doing it. And the argument goes, the blob is what's sort of beckoning this, this boy to do it. Hmm. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what could have helped that land better for me. I, I mean, I, I, I think that's cool that, that people were able to get that out of the sure. game, but I just did not experience that I, at all. That just wasn't really there I, for me. I, I think, here, here's what I think is happening here, is this is one of those games that is a little bit um, maybe empty in its promises or, or vague in what it's trying to tell. And this is feeling like, I want to interrupt you real quick just to say, this is feeling like a little bit of a preview of Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. No, there's a the depth there's a whole different argument. No, 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 no. Let me finish this point. Let me finish this yeah, point. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So 
there is a vagueness to this whole thing, to this whole game, that some people actively choose to overread and decide to look like they, they are really into the vibe, so they actively choose to theorize with it and come up with all of these things, right? They're just they're just into it enough to go for that. This I mean, mm-hmm. this this article you know proposes three different theories. I don't think any of which you would care about as someone who just like you liked the vibe, you liked what it was doing, but you didn't care to investigate further and you're ready to move on to like the next game. That was a fine experience and like uh, ready for the next one. And I think a lot of people are that way. So it's it's the kind of thing where it you compare you said it's like a a, a vibe poem. I would further compare poem. it a tone poem. I I would further compare it to just like art in that way that some people really choose to engage with it even if the artist didn't intend as much as we're taking away from it. I think this game invites that kind of dissection of just like we're pulling, we're, we're grasping at straws here to come up with new stuff because we're just kind of into the vibe and it's not explaining too much of it to where we get to just come up with our own stuff. Hey, if you admit you're grasping at straws, then whatever. Uh, oh, that's fr- fine. I freely admit that. Yes, it's it is yeah, it yeah. is all this stuff that's like we're opening it up to in- interpretation, even when it's like not even re- inviting us to open it up to interpretation. It's just not explaining that much. It's it's not giving yeah. us hints of anything deeper. Just in its lack of explaining things, we'd go, well, I guess I got to try to make up an explanation. Let's just do that for a minute. And we just kind of insert things into it. I interacted with it that way, but I fully, and if anything too, that's how I very much felt the first time I played this game in 2016. Like this, this game really, really hooked me. I did all the secret ending stuff and all that. This second time playing it, I definitely was just sort of like getting through it. And I was like, yeah, this is the ending. I remember uh, my, my second playthrough was me trying to see if there were more foreshadowings of like the blob trying to get you. And there's like a little bit, but honestly, I was underwhelmed by how much the game chose to set up that idea that you were going to get blobbed in the end. You know, it, it really doesn't yeah. it doesn't build that up in any meaningful way. It's just a huge twist that happens. You had no idea right. they were working on blob creatures. None of that like was on the surface at all. I think that this game, one thing I want to say that uh, I feel like it's kind of tough to do a podcast about this game because I think a lot of the joy in my, I liked this a, a lot better in 2016 than I yeah. liked it this time. Yeah. And I think part of that is because the ending is just completely out of left field, and it's so wild. Yeah. And I feel bad for anybody that may have listened to this podcast mm-hmm. and then are going to experience the game for the first time, unless you just don't care about spoilers, which I know some people just totally do not. It doesn't even phase them. Right. Um, I'm like dating somebody now that does not <laughs> care a little bit about spoilers, and it blows my mind my dad would regularly spoil game of thrones for me while yeah, i was yeah. watching it he took joy in being like so yeah joffrey gets killed in this episode of this season it's like why did you, i'm mad what I'm are you season doing too like what, are you, Matt, why, what are you doing this show is 10 years old i can say it now but i'm saying in the moment i'm saying the, the season was actively happening and he would spoil to me like days before i was going to get to watch the brand new episode or whatever he right. just would tell me stuff and yeah there yeah there's a lot of people that just like they just don't care about that spoiler culture um, but so, yeah, I would say that I think that this game had like really good vibes and I played it and then I got to that ending and the ending was so wild and so yeah. out of nowhere and so shocking. And then it has this like kind of very like the, the, the vibe of the last moment is so good yeah. that I walked away from it being like, that, that's an, that's an all time great. Right. And then now coming back to it so many years later, already knowing mm-hmm. all the stuff in it didn't have the mechanical depth to 
to keep me excited about it. Yeah. And the vibe, while still great, and there's there's little details to notice that I did not, as far as the execution. Sure. It just didn't hit that hard. Yeah. It kind of it kind of wore off. This is one of those games where I feel like the the tale of its legacy is not very long for me personally. Yeah. This is not a game I will be remembering far into the future. Mm -hmm. Whereas that year, I thought I was. I thought I probably would have said, "Oh, I bet Inside is going to be still one of my favorite games." Yeah. In like 10 years right and what i've discovered is it, it's not that Definitely it, it ain't an, it ain't an all-timer to me right basically yeah. and i feel like the the kind of meta fiction stuff i that never saves a game for me sure it, it just it just doesn't it, it especially if it's about relationship between player character and designer because that that is a that is territory that has been so well explored yeah. so many times. I mean, in every a little form. game <laughs> called Stanley Parable. <laughs> I knew Deluxe. we were going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you want, in, yeah, inside, if you want to explore this, do you this. ever come to a door? <laughs> do you ever come to? So the the boy from inside comes to a set of doors. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's one on his left, and there's one on his right, and the narrator slash game designer says, and then you put in Froggy. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. From, no, no. Like you you come froggy. to a you come to a door on the left and a door on the right, and the narrator chokes the little boy to death and oh, shoves right. him Ugh. down uh, into the into the yeah, river. And... <laughs> I remember the year this came out. I played this game and was like, and and I heard some other podcasters talking about this game and being like, "Oh, it's a little too." A little too graphic for me and i remember being like oh look at these think of Babies. the children people um it is uh i don't know i think i got older it's too graphic <laughs> i don't know why it's as graphic as as it is it uh it it, it did legitimately i think i just didn't I, I may have not actually gotten um attacked by the dogs before oh god <laughs> i I'm, i may have gotten through the whole game and not been a, like actually the dogs uh -huh. maybe have never gotten because because most of the time the dogs while really scary you basically just have to run except for this one puzzle yeah. which i may have just been on my game and figured out I figured out but this time i forgot about that puzzle and the dog got me and i could not believe it <laughs> i was just like what yeah that is in this game yeah it's horrifying y'all i don't think it needs it i don't want to clutch pearls right now but i just I'll don't know pearls. This game i don't really we don't need it. to see death like that anymore yeah, i just watched a, I, just I, I, know, I watched man. a documentary that i really liked but right at the end they like just show a picture of like some of some death of a of a, of a kind of death and it's just re i've really realized i don't like being desensitized to that i don't want to be desensitized to that yeah. and i would like to openly reject that kind of stuff uh, I also don't know that Inside is actually dark enough mm -hmm. to warrant those specific animations. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, right. it's a very it's, dark game. It's gleeful it that... when you're in the blob. Like, the second you get the blob yeah. and you're running around the offices, you're like, oh, yeah. oh my goodness, here we go. <laughs> the, the gore in that part is presented completely differently. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not slow, it's fast. It's still kind of gross, mm -hmm. but it's way it way more fits with the tone than whenever you are the little boy and you fail yeah. in in a dark way. I I, I just feel like it's what it's, is that yeah, game? It's, it's, it's kind of what's that pixely game? That pixel indie game that came out just a couple years ago. That's like the whole video game is the last twenty minutes of Inside, where you're just a monster terrorizing. Oh, uh, is it called Carrion? Yes, I think it's called Carrion. Carrion. I I, I yeah. have not played Carrion, but I imagine I that game that. is a uh, 
pretty good because its its treatment of violence is is quite different. Like yeah, Limp or uh, Inside truly wants you to reckon with the brutality of violence, and uh, I just didn't need to. I actually recognize that violence is bad and don't need it to show me it. I don't need to be shown violence to know that violence is bad. That's kind of where I'm yeah. at with you, it. You know. A game, ooh, and let's get the comments section yeah, going. Sure. A game not? that I think meditates on violence. Oh, you're about to find out something about Hunter. You care? Or you want? You, you can turn it off right now. You can turn it off right now. I got I I got a torch in my hand. I'm about to let you know where I stand on a hot button game. Okay. A game that talks about violence a lot better than Inside is a little game called Last of Us Part Two. Oh! Oh! Oh, unsubscribe! Unsubscribe! Too. Everyone, get him! Yeah. Unsubscribe! Turn I, it off! I think we've Throw just spent... your iPhone into the river. <laughs> the last of the last two episodes uh, was revealing that Hunter's probably a Last of Us Part Two kind of guy. So, oh yeah, I last think we've us, been teasing last it. Last of Us Part Two better than the Last of Us Part One. Yep, I said it. Yep, <laughs> yep. It's this kind yep. of show. Uh, yep. We will not be I'm again. Getting, this is the I'm definitive getting. list, and actually, we don't take uh, commentary. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, no commentary. <laughs> we don't even have a Patreon. You can't even get us. You <laughs> We're can't even to. get us. And we've we've like, we might have one on someday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, uh, should we rank this stinking thing? Well, I thought didn't didn't you have a sub list you wanted to I do have for a, this episode? I have I had a game, but it doesn't feel relevant anymore. Uh, no, what? No, let's well, play okay. a game. I want to play a game. We're, we're uh, I just this I called this an indie darling earlier and mm -hmm. it clearly isn't like like and we've said this a couple other times of like I thought this was going to be near and dear to me or we say this about inscription often where it's like I just don't see myself caring about this later. So yeah, this is like inscription for uh, me. Yeah, I'm curious what are your actual like top five indie darlings if you can sort of off the dome them. I know this is harder because it's not not like oh. games we've talked about but what are your indie darlings? Mm. I know. See, and I it's... honestly, there's there's so many games that fit in the indie darling thing, uh -huh. and I'm kind of at a point now where I sort of, I don't know. I mean, like, is Hollow Knight an indie darling? Right. Is what the, does that like... even mean anymore? I kind of agree. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to track that anymore. There's. I feel like we just need to get back to the idea of like. We have triple A games, and I wish we called games double A and like single A or something. I wish we had like a new sort of way to refer to these things because there, there's a class of indie games that I do not consider indie games at all because it's like your company has like 60 employees like that. To me, that's just not an indie game anymore. An indie game is that thing right. where it's like, I've been doing this for six years in my garage by myself. That's it. Like getting over it with Bennett Foddy is an indie game because it's Bennett Foddy and that's it <laughs> like i don't know i i i, that I is struggle. probably my number one indie right now yeah. would be getting over it with benefati to be boring yeah but that is probably my i number mean my one. boring answer is our top two our, you know two of our top games on our list are, are these games celeste and and getting over it they're certainly my, some of my indie darlings obviously i love getting over is number three matt well, I know, three. I know, but the, yeah. the, the, the number two is not an indie i would say right. by any stretch of the no, imagination not at all not at all, not at all. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, what are, what are, what are some games I like? I don't know. I like some games, I think. I think I like some games. It's so hard um, because so many of these games don't hold up to the test of time is the problem. They are beautiful in the yeah. moment you play. It's like, I, I, we almost would have been better off never replaying Inside. You know what I mean? Don't you want to return to having Inside as a memory of how good yeah, it was? just some game I played. Yeah. yeah. I, that, I don't know. I liked, I liked Super Hot. Um, oh, yeah. I liked... 
I liked uh, Into the Breach and FTL. For sure. Um, Return of the Obra Dinn, I really like. That's the one I gotta play. Uh, I've not played Return of the Obra Dinn. Uh, I liked Quadrilateral Cowboy a heck of a bunch. What's that other one they and, made? What's the one that came before that? 30 Flights of Loving. 30 Flights of Loving. That's, That's not even really a game, I don't though. care. It's an I all-timer. Mean, <laughs> just, it's just an experience. Um, I don't know. I was big into Don't Starve for a long time. Oh, weird. Um... Stardew Valley is technically an indie game. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. That's a cool game. That's one of those. Uh, that's another one of those ones, though. It's like that's like a titan of of indiedom. I don't know. That's a whole quadru- other quadrilateral cowboy. Though this game is what I love about it is it is a genius premise mm. and it's gamey as heck. So many yeah. indie games are like, how do we take the game part out so it can be for <laughs> adults and be smart? Uh-huh. Quadrilateral Cowboy is like, do you want to learn how to program? Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. And and that and it'll be fun. Like I lo- man, we got to play Quadrilateral we Cowboy. Sure that is a cool, I cool think, game. I think that's what we're learning about ourselves is all of the ones that we love the most are these games that are very okay with being games. Games that yeah, like being like games, games are fun. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't need a game to try to be a movie except while well, Hunter likes Last of Us. So I don't know. Now that's a whole other kind of thing, I guess. Last of Us games are games. They yeah. have game they They're you gaming. fight in it. You fight zombies in yeah, it. Yeah, but come on. What could be more video game? Yeah, but come on. Those games want to be movies so bad. They're making a TV show. They want to be a movie and a game. Yeah. yeah There's yeah, a yeah. difference. Some games want to be movies more than they want to be games. That's very true. Mass Effect would love to just be a movie, huh? Mass Effect would love to just be Star Trek the Next Generation yeah. is what it wants. It could, <laughs> if it could just be that, it would be happy. Uh, um, let's anyways, rank inside. Let's do this Let's thing. rank inside. Uh, I don't this know. This is fun. This is fun. You're on the high end. And I'm, I'm on the high end it. for sure. I want to yes. make sure we make room at the very least. I, we, I think we got to talk about inscription in here somewhere, but I don't know where else to go from there. I'll think about a high end if, you, if you've got a low end ready. I got a low end already. And it's funny. It. Cause my low would be uh, I think it is better than inscription. You'll be happy to hear. Oh, okay. So, but but that is my line. I my see, low end I is see. I would I would rank it no lower than inscription. Okay. Because I think it's better than. Inscription. Will you talk about that while I come up with a high end? Will you Will you talk and walk me through the differences between this and and the other dark indie thing about stuff that we've talked about on this show? Inscription. Uh, inscription gestures at its own story, <laughs> kind of throughout. In a way that is intriguing, mm-hmm. and there is more text. Like there's more in the game talking about what the game is about than yeah. inside is. The vibe's not as good. The mechanics not as tight. It tries more things. It, it, it's 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 kind of a it's it's a house guest and it's coming over yeah. and it's just like ah, I've got this. So you want to do this? Let's try this. It's yeah. kind of it's it's a little bit zanier. <laughs> um, but inside. I mean, I don't know. I got at a certain point. I do. I respect the execution. I respect mm-hmm. the vibe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, um, okay. I, I have. I, I have my yeah. high end. We've got a really tight window. We're going to be working in here today. Uh, I do not think this game is better than Jet Set Radio. Firmly. Okay. But so our, yeah, our yeah. window here is Jet Set Radio, Halo Three, Mass Effect Three, Mass Effect Two, Outrun, Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, Centipede, Mario Kart sixty four, and Inscription. Yeah, it's about eight games that we're trying to fit this in between. And we've decided, let's start from the top. We've been recently doing a lot of bottom up and seeing how high it can climb, but I want to see how far this okay. can fall. Uh, so Halo 3 is inside worse than Halo 3. Halo 3 is this conflicting thing that exists in probably the strangest place on this entire list. And I keep going back and forth because I I still think Halo 3 is the second best single player. Hunter, you've sort of fallen off and you th- you've maybe come back to thinking Halo 3 is the worst of the th- of the three single players or is that true? 
I think Halo 3 single player was really bad. Yeah. Um, I think I actually maybe liked... Well, no. I, I didn't like it better than two. Halo 2's yeah. <laughs> single player. Halo 2 single player is the worst. Um, but now that, you know, Halo Infinite is yeah. out there, I think Halo uh, Reach, Reach mm-hmm. was probably a better, better single, single player. I, I think we gave Halo it. 3 a higher rating because it was pretty good and we have personally played a lot of it. But we both know that the multiplayer of those games gets better, and we didn't like leave ourselves room for that to be considered, maybe. But I don't know. Yeah. I have a lot of fun with Halo Three, even today, even these days. Uh, and so I, I don't know that. I mean, Halo I Three doesn't was... say anything I care about, so it, it, Inside has that on it. But I can't say Inside is ever more fun than Halo Three. The thing about starting top down, Matt, is yeah. that right now Halo and the Mass Effects are just in a weird spot on the list <laughs> know, for me. You're right. You're right. Um, so if you start top down, I'm I'm basically just going to be like whatever, wherever you want to put it, um, because I think Centipede and Outrun are, are easily better. Than better. The Mass I know. Effect and Halo Three. <laughs> I had the same issue when I was trying to come up. The, I I took a while while you were talking about inscription. I was sitting here thinking, and I'm like, well, it's not better than Centipede or Outrun, but it is better than Mass Effect Two, Three, and Halo Three. So I I really do not know what to do with outside in this window here. Now, uh, let me let me take a Ninja Star okay. with <laughs> with it inside written on it, and let me just throw it, and I want you to tell me what this sounds like. So I have the ninja star in yeah, my hand, yeah, yeah. and I've just thrown it uh-huh. at the list, and it is sitting. Guess where it is? Number nineteen, <laughs> inside, beating Mario Kart sixty four. Yeah, I kind of not think- better than Centipede or Outrun, and we both know that there is a future day coming up <laughs> where Halo three and the Mass Effects are going to get dunked on further by this podcast, <laughs> and when that happens, inside's going to move up. I have to often remind myself that I did have a, a good amount of fun playing all three of those games, but why do I just want them to sit in the trash can so bad? Like, why do I, I don't desire want them that? To sit in the trash can. I just think we've mistakenly uh-huh. let them be. And and another thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna uh, lobby for strongly is splitting the three of them up. I know. Yeah, they Halo can't. Halo three they can't deserves to be lower to than anymore. the Mass Effects. Mass Effect three and Mass Effect two needs to be separated. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, Tired of them sitting where they are. Yeah. But but, but what, do you agree? I do. This is is the weirdest ranking we've ever done, but we have to just throw a dart at the wall and kind of go, we'll fix it in post. We'll fix it later. We're going (laughs) to fix it in post. It is better than Mario Kart 64 in my eyes. I I think so. It's more interesting than Mario Kart 64. I mean, Mario Kart 64 is is more fun to play, but I I think Inside is cooler and more interesting and more of a vibe and just all of those things. I think it is I think it is more interesting. And also it is a preserved experience currently. I mean yeah. you can you can sit down and play inside and enjoy it exactly yeah. the way we did in 2016 when it came out. Mario Kart 64 is a challenge. Right. There's stuff you got to do. Doesn't now, really am exist I going to use anymore. that? Yeah, and and I say that because Mario Kart 64 is not only an N64 game, it is an N64 multiplayer game. Yep. Okay? Yeah. But that is an tough. argument I would use against any of those as in, it's just tough. It's just yeah. tough to still enjoy it. Yep. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's always... I mean, I do... Th- I, I certainly try to think of this show as being something that exists right now. You know? I, yeah. I think of these games as, are they a fun thing to play right now? We'll consider their legacy a little bit in this ranking, but generally speaking, it is about, is it fun to play right now, or are there better things you could play? Right? Mm-hmm. That, that's like the whole argument behind, like... 
Celeste and Super Mario Brothers 3 and why the two of them really sort of share number one, kind of, actually, uh, because one of them really gets as many legacy points as it possibly can and also deserves to be very high up there. Well, but Celeste is just, like, incredibly good as well. Um, that's that's me saying Well, maybe that this. will change. It could. Because we've got, we're, we can relitigate Super Mario Brothers 3's yeah. Super Mario Brothers 3 placement as yeah. no, the number two game of all time. I think I was able to muscle it into the spot that it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas uh, I think there's a lot of games that me and Matt have played where we both liked it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's in danger. I don't think it will stay oh. at number two. I think it will fall. I mean, not for, it's my personal number one. Sure, 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 but sure. I think it will fall on this list. I think it's in danger, basically. Yeah. Because... You didn't like it very much, but it was early days in the podcast, so I feel like I was able to slip it by. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was number one. <laughs> it's the first episode, and then it's just sort of right. existed. And then, and then it's always existed as a as a thing in the past, even from its inception of, of this Right, whole right. And project. it only took 15 episodes for it to get dethroned. And then and then now now that Celeste, uh, your your the wearing your crown uh-huh. is there, it you know, it's become unquestionable that Celeste is the number one. However, I and I think I don't think that Celeste is in danger going into the re-ranking, but I think yeah. that Super Mario Brothers Three is uh, going to be in danger. So yeah, and you. Well, well I I wonder. I, I I'm looking at what's coming up, and I got. I've got one idea for a game that could try to dethrone Celeste. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Elder Scrolls Five, <laughs> Matt's favorite game of all time. Absolutely not. Very much not. Celeste. With a dragon shout. Yeah, that's it. That's what it is. I guarantee you, that's uh-huh. where we're going. That's where we're headed, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he's 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 got his uh, Todd fanboy calendar that where it's just pictures of Todd in various uh, press conferences where Have he's wearing the fun. same jacket mm-hmm. every time. Yeah, this old this old. Did you know chestnut. that Todd wears the same jacket every time? It yeah. seems like the same one, right? I think it's that brown jacket every time. Yeah. Brown no, 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 no. There was a really great bit on. Uh, oh man, was it Triple Click? I don't remember. I think it was. But they were like. Todd Howard's back. He's been wearing a hoodie for a couple of years. Y'all notice that? That sad guy's been in a hoodie. Something's going on. But today, the bomber jacket's back. <laughs> yeah, bomber jacket. Todd is back. I'm stealing yeah. their joke completely, but I don't care. Yeah, there it's, you it's go. A good, Whatever. It's a good bit. Whatever. You you credited them. You yeah. credited them. It's either them or it was insert credit. Those are like two of the video game podcasts I listen to. Whatever. Hey, uh, what is coming up next? We got Soul Calibur. The boy. soul still burns. Yeah, sure the do. greatest fighting game of all time. We've already been called out on. This this on twitter from multiple people being like soul caliber is oops all eddie <laughs> whatever that means eddie gordo tell me who eddie gordo is tekken guy tekken? he's everyone's favorite tekken character because he's fun to play yeah because <laughs> it um, makes listen, the game fighting fun. game community it makes the game fun <laughs> listen fighting game community we are not one of you <laughs> we are not going to score these games yeah. as if we play the fighting games yeah. like you do yeah okay? we're, that, next we're, week is gonna be hunter we're gonna lose some folks next week i don't care <laughs> I, I don't care listen y'all it's about is the does the game invite you in okay yeah Street Fighter my, 2 my invites favorite, you in. Here's, here's my favorite board game of all time. The Rubik's Cube. That's the yeah. fighting game community. <laughs> That's the fighting game community. Listen, y'all, y- you can't expect us to evaluate it in the way you do. Now, what you can do is if you live in New York and you're a part of the fighting game community, yeah. 
you can invite me to stuff and yeah. I will come. Yeah. Okay. Hunter wants to do this. Hunter wants to play yeah. some fighting games with fighting game people. Here, yeah. And I, I've, and I've heard this kick. echoed. I don't care. I've heard this echoed though. It really is the only way you can get into a fighting game. The, the, I agree. the problem with this game is you and I go and play these games in our little corners. I'm playing the single player of Col of Soul Calibur. You know what I mean? Like that's not yeah, that's, that's not this game. It's not what it's gonna be. So we will we are already under false pretenses ever evaluating. You are a fighting under game. false pretenses. I played Soul Calibur back in the day yeah, with people. You didn't play Killer Instinct with people. No, and that game sucks. <laughs>